This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Welcome to today's show. Nick's wife has told him to cut out the potty mouth. You know I'm on a swearing ban. What are you trying to do to me? Well, I'm just trying to take you in. To to I'm trying to reel you in, right? We have our say on those awful judges in Monte Carlo. Oh, that guy. What were he watching? Don't don't even get me started on that guy because I tell you what. Did he write them scores before the fight started? Did he just can get his scorecard and go, yeah, there you go. There's my scores. Yeah, you may as well take them now before they've threw a single punch. And after watching Malik Scott dance around the ring against Luis Ortiz, we do actually feel quite sorry for Eddie Hearn. I feel like I saying, oh, Eddie, man, come here. If I'd, if, I'd, if I'd have been ringside for that one, I'd have walked around the ring, said to Eddie, listen, stand up. Come here. Give us, a, <laughs> give us a hug. Come on, Nick's got a hug for you. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 49 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Hope you are well. Thank you very much for downloading. Um, we've got a little bit of a special treat this week, Nick. I haven't even told you this. This is like an exclusive for you as well. Hit me. Uh, I've been speaking to the lovely people at Frank Warren, mainly over the fantastic deal with BT, which we'll be speaking about a little later on. Yep, amazing. Love it, love it. Um, but they've offered us a, a few tickets to give away for uh, the Cardiff show, which is a week on Saturday, the 26th of November, which sees Terry Flanagan in option, uh, in action, should I say. It sees uh, Billy Joe Saunders in action. Um, Tom Stoke is in action. It's gonna, it's a good card. It's a good it's card a good down card, in Cardiff. Yeah. Um, card. And they've given us a couple of tickets to give away. So we're going to give one away via our Twitter feed next week. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to give one away, one pair of those tickets away, exclusively uh, to people that just listen to this podcast. We're not going to promote it anywhere else. Just do it on this podcast. All you've got to do is go to our website, fightdisciples.com. You'll see a little splash page come up. Put your name in that splash page with your email address. Next week, live on the show, we will pick an email address out and you'll win. Simple as that. Yeah, we're good, aren't we? See, we've got to give a little bit of exclusivity to people that decide to actually download our stuff. So this is just purely for people listening to this podcast. Yeah. That's why people are fighting over themselves to become fight disciples, Adam, you see. It's not just for our dulcet tones, it's for free tickets, it's for free stuff. There you go, get yourself on fightdisciples.com, go there now, put your name in, Little, we won't spam you or anything like that, basically you're just entering the competition and future competitions because we've got Anthony Joshua tickets coming up as well, yeah. um, but over the next week, we will live on the next week's show, we will pick out one email address and that person will be going to Cardiff to watch uh, Billy Joe Saunders and Terry Flanagan uh, in action, sensational stuff. Uh, now then, let's take a look back at Monte Carlo, shall we? Where do we start? Where do we start? Yeah, where do we start with this? I'm going to take my hat off to Eddie Hearn because he tried something new and fair play to him. Um, a yeah. lot, he's got a lot of a battering and Matchroom got a battering over the weekend because of the because of the states of the fights and the judging and all this type of stuff. He can't yeah. control that. He's tried something new. Exactly. He's took it to exactly. the south of France. Fair play to him. Let's remember that this man, in a way, saved British boxing uh, five years ago because Sky they were ready to bin boxing off. They didn't want it on because it didn't rate. Eddie Hearn took a chance. He said, listen, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. Give me exclusivity. Give me a monopoly on British boxing, and I'll sort it out. And let's be honest, he's done that. Fair play to him. We're going to talk about monopolies in uh, British broadcasting a little later on when we talk about Box Nation and BT coming to the party now. But fair play to him. Over the last five years, he's done wonders for British boxing. At the weekend, it wasn't necessarily one of his finest hours. He tried something new. It fell flat on its backside, mainly because of... <sighs> Bad judging in the McDonald fight. We'll get to that. 
Yeah. And Malik Scott, what were he all about? Like going on a little bit of a peg round the ring against uh, Luis Ortiz. We'd all come to see this big monster King Kong do his thing in the heavyweight division and it just didn't materialise. That is why this episode, my friend, is called Thank God for Swifty because yeah. if he didn't turn up in that last fight, bloody hell, that could have been one of the worst cards of all time. Yeah, it was. And uh, we were talking about it on social media, weren't we? We were interacting with with other fight disciples about it and stuff. And uh, literally Jason Sosa and Stephen Smith both you guys, thank you from the bottom of our hearts as yeah. fight fans. Thank you, thank you for saving what was until that point. Don't get me wrong, you know, I thought Jamie McDonnell and Solis was a, was a busy fight at Laborio. Solis, incredible performance. And really we'll, good. We'll come on to that decision and that, you know, what happened there a little bit, you know, shortly. But hands off, Sosa Smith, what a fight, what a war. Enjoyed every second of it. Obviously, my boy didn't go our way. I, was, I ended up at heartbroken at the end. Just, uh, a, just it, a start, mate. It's a start it, it of the really fight. It really was. Then first four rounds, man. You know, I've got to con- bite my tongue here because I promised my wife I wouldn't swear on this week's show. Oh, by the way, this is another thing I wanted to bring up, right? I'm going to do more swearing because I know it annoys her. <laughs> <laughs> Nick's missus has told him off because he swears too much on the show. So she wants you to sound a little bit more educated. Is that right? A little but, bit less uncouth. Yes, sir. That's right. That's exactly so, so if he if he's pulling uh, his words back a little bit and he's not swearing, it's not because we've got a ban from somewhere. It's because his missus has been on him and told him not to do it. No, it means I am been threatened with a ban. Mm. So you know, I'm cleaning my act up this week. But yeah, that fight, <laughs> Christ, the first four rounds, Swifty man. Oh, it was like the worst possible start we could have had. You know, that cut was unbelievable. Thank, thank the heavens for Mick, Mick Williamson. <laughs> The greatest cutman in the you know UK-based cutman that is, he is an absolute miracle worker. That fight, did, that cut, did not interfere or end up ruining the fight. It, he kept Stephen in the fight uh, because of his skills. So Mick, the taxi driver from London, we love you once again. You keep one of our boys in a fight, but it was just the worst possible start. Adam, wasn't it? You know, hats off to Sosa, Jason Sosa. Thought he was great. Mm. Ex- you know what? He was exactly what I haven't seen him fight before. But that was exactly what I expected from a guy from New Jersey because those guys are tough, man. They come to fight. And, uh, you know, he took it to Stephen early on. To be honest with you, I think his tactic was to get rid of Steve, to, to flip, the, flip the switch on swiftly yeah, yeah, yeah. and get him out of there swiftly. And he almost did with that cut. But, oh, my, how brave was Stephen Smith? How much did he show that he's world class, that he deserves to be at that level? And that if those take those four rounds away... He would have been in with a shot with that fight. I think they're going to do it again, you know. Eddie Earns, I hope so. Eddie Earns piping to try and get it in Liverpool. That'll be something else. That'll be a sensational night. And as you rightly say, fair play to Jason Sosa, who, by the way, follows us, follows us now on social media. Of course he does. He's, he's part of the team. He's Jason Sosa. So fair play to you, my man. Uh, I take my hat off to you. I thought you were really, really good in Monte Carlo at the weekend. Obviously, we didn't want you to win. We wanted Swifty to win. That's what we wanted. Uh, but it didn't go that way. And we respect a fantastic fight. So well done, you both boys. Uh, for staying in that fight for as long as he did and saving the Monte Carlo card. Exactly, exactly. Because some of it was painful to watch, wasn't it? You know, some our boy, of it. Well, the one before our boy it. Martin. Let's talk. Let's can we start? Let's go to the beginning then. All right. Yeah, then. our boy Martin Murray. Obviously, late change of opponent, and then it becomes a late, late, late change of opponent. Yeah. When the guy, uh, you know, pulls out with like forty-eight hours to go, or whatever, S- ruined our show last week. That went out on Friday. Yeah, yeah. We had this fantastic interview with Martin, and then we end up with a change of opponent. <laughs> But uh, we didn't get any complaints. So that's fine. Everyone's not still yet. loving it. Not yeah. yet, man. Not yet. Yeah. No one noticed. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up. 
But good on, you know, good on Lawal for stepping in. You know, he's obviously only a middleweight himself, but he was undefeated as a middleweight. So on paper, it was a good match, but it just didn't come to life, did it? You know, Martin, he looked like he was struggling with his motivation. He looked like well, he a guy that, that week, was expecting Arthur Abraham, yeah. got a second choice that's fighter, it. and then when he got in the ring, it was against the fifth choice fighter. That's it. Well, that's exactly what he said last week. To motivate him, he needed that big one. Arthur Abraham was that big one. Chudinov kept him interested. Lawal, a Google fighter that, okay, yeah, he's got an undefeated record. Nobody really knows much about him. And 48 days notice. 48 hours notice, should I say. Yeah. <sighs> Tactically, you're going into that fight thinking, what the blooming heck is all this about? You're probably expected for the majority of fans to blow this kid away in two rounds. He stays there the distance and you think to yourself, oh, Oh, referees having a cracker as well where he's deducting your points for headbutts that you didn't actually do, all this yeah. type of stuff. You're thinking, man, was it worth it? Then you move on to the um, the Jamie McDonald fight. Now, fair play, like you said, there was a little bit of engagement in that one. But that scoring, mate... I thought Solis, to be honest with you, I thought Solis won the he fight. He did win the fight. I'm not going to... No. Listen, we're not going to just... sugarcoat it for anybody. No. We are massive fans of Dave Caldwell and everything that he does in the gym. He was he was on uh, social media the day after and he said, listen, I thought that we had it and we went into that last round and we were doing it and we, and we won the fight. Dave, I love you to bits, mate, but there's no way that you won that fight. No. Absolutely no way. Jamie, I don't know what it was. He just didn't do anything. I mean, his strength is that jab. He's got look at the size of the fella. He's got yeah. massive long levers. You get on the end of that jab and really dig it in. Paul Smith was saying it in commentary. Dig that, dig that into that small guy. You'd yeah. put him off, and then you can start to do him down the stretch. He was like, "Are you going to jab properly tonight, or what?" I think he yeah. deserved to lose his title. He got away with one for me. Yeah, he did. You know, that was a <clears throat> that was one of those fights where the next morning Jamie should go straight onto his straight onto his phone and, and get himself a couple of lottery tickets because. He, he had all luck in the world that night against Solis. He had no business. I, to be honest with you, when he read the decision out, I was a little bit embarrassed. You know, I was a bit like, oh, you know. 117-111 were a joke, mate. Oh, that guy. What were he watching? Don't don't even get me started on that guy because I'll tell you what, did he write them scores before the fight started? Did he just can get his scorecard and go, yeah, there you go. There's my scores. Yeah, you may as well take them now before they've threw a single punch because I'm obviously in someone's pocket mm. because that was absolutely scandalous and he should never, ever officiate a boxing match again. Mm. I just felt for Solis at the end. And obviously, Jamie, it, it is tough when you're in there. You know, I understand the boxers don't really know what's going on. Yeah. And you're kind of thinking, oh, God, he's just hit me with a shot. But I did, I did catch him early on and blah, blah. And it, it is tough for fighters and often for people in the corner as well yeah, when you're emotionally involved it is it is tough to, so let's let's go from the advice of the of the commentary if you like of the one person that's from that camp so completely biased towards Jamie yeah. yet standing away from the ring which was Tony Bellew and Tony Bellew was like oh, he's lost that fight he's lost it by by two rounds to me you know at the end and I, I to be honest I had it wider than that I thought Solis won it by about four rounds mm. I was I was embarrassed. I'm just. It, it was weird. It was a British show. It was Eddie Hay matchroom show, but in it was kind of like we <laughs> yeah. went to France to get a to get a German style decision. That's what it felt like. I, it kind of you know that all these decisions that Felix Thames and Arthur Abrams and all these have had in Germany. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we kick off on the show. Oh my! I can't believe you. You got to knock someone out in Germany to get a draw. That was this kind of decision, you know. Mm. What what more has Solis got to do? Talk about rematches. If that kid doesn't get an immediate rematch. There's something drastically wrong. I know, and obviously, Jamie McDonald and Dave Caldwell were talking about potentially moving up to super bantamweight. They've got to either fight Solis again or move up. That is it, categorically. You can't, he can't continue as WBA bantamweight champion, Jamie McDonald, for me, without rematching Solis. The guy deserves it. 
the only way he moves away from that fight for me is if he moves up to super bantamweight mm. and I'm sure Solis then gets the fight for the vacant title against somebody else yeah fair play and then uh, the heavyweights everybody was uh. talking about King Kong and thinking this right is he the real deal or is it a hype job that's what our show last Friday was all about is it a hype job is he real deal we are, we are none the wiser mate who knows <laughs> we're, we're none the wiser because we just watched 12, 12 rounds of absolute shite is what we've just watched yeah. not through his own fault I mean he tried didn't he he, I mean, he was he was trying to cut that ring off, but blooming heck, the kid Malik Scott, what was that all about? He just legged it round the ring for twelve rounds. I know the referee warned him a couple of times for engage for, for doing a roadrunner act, but come on, come on, you know, have a little bit of self respect. I know, listen, I know, obviously Ortiz comes to the comes to the ring with a big reputation. He's got a lot of knockouts on his record, everything else, but. If you're Malik Scott, let's be honest, Malik Scott is not a bum. He's not a Google heavyweight. People know who he is. He's been around the scene for a long time. Mm. You know, he's okay. He may not be quite what he was, but there was at one stage in his career. He was hotly tipped to be big. He was a massive prospect, yeah, a massive prospect. You know, it was only it's only in recent years that he's had those couple of defeats that's kind of rocked that. I think Derek Chisora, Derek Chisora first, did him, yeah. Was the first to do him, yeah, the first to beat him, yeah. And and since then he's kind of been, you know, scraping from here to there. Obviously he fought Deontay Wilder as well, and Wilder beat him, but I expected something a bit more. I expected some kind of enthusiasm for the game because listen, a win over Ortiz would have turned Malik Scott's career around. If he beats Ortiz here, listen, I'm telling you now, he'd have got a f if 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 Klitschko wasn't lined up for AJ, if that Klitschko fight gets moved back again, which, you know, let's be honest, it's Klitschko probably will, Scott would have po- put himself in pole position to fight Anthony Joshua in the new year by beating Ortiz. I'm not saying for the second Ortiz fights Joshua, but, I mean, Scott could have done that. Like, where's, where's, what are you in the sport for? You know, what are you trying to achieve? You've got yourself, a, he's 38 and 3. You know, now, since that defeat, he was 38 and 2 heading into that fight. Mm. That's not a bum record. That's a decent record. Why did you turn up and do that? You know, make, make a fool of yourself. It was, I was, to be honest, I know we started the show by saying, oh, you know, Eddie Earn hasn't delivered on us there. I felt sorry for Eddie Earn. Same, I did. I felt like I saying, oh, Eddie, man, come here. If I'd if if have been ringside for that one, I'd have walked around the ring, said to Eddie, listen, stand up. Come here, give us, a, <laughs> give us a hug. Come on, Nick's got a hug for you. Got a nice big hug for you. Don't read your social media tonight, mate. Don't that read it. That Ortiz Scott, man. Oh, tell you what, Malik Scott, do us a favour, mate. Go and crawl back under the rock you came from. Never to be seen again, please. Absolutely. Thank God for Swifty, hence the title of today's yeah. show. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on all social media platforms. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we are on Instagram, at Fight Disciples. Get yourself on there and you can come and join the conversations that we have uh, on actual fight night. Um, there's a couple of fight nights coming up this weekend, of which we will get to on our preview show this Friday. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to our podcast, which is available for you on iTunes. Yeah, it's a pound massive... for pound. It's oh, a it's big a biggin. It's a biggin. We'll get to that uh, later. But there's a bit of news that I want to share with you because I know that you love drug cheats. <laughs> Oh, Check this out. Check Listen, this out. You know, you know I'm on a swearing bam. What are you trying to do to me? Well, yet? I'm just trying to tell you. Trying you? To me? I'm trying to reel you in, right? Heavyweights, right? We know uh, that coming up on December the 17th, Bermain Stiverne. A lot of people rant about Bermain Stiverne. They rant about Povetkin as well. These two are meeting each other. Now, we know about Povetkin failing um, a, a drug test earlier on in the year when he was due to fight uh, Deontay Wilder. Well, guess what? Bermain Stiverne has now tested po- positive for a banned substance. However, this is where the twist gets good, Nick. You're going to love this. Uh, the WBC are allowing this eliminator to go ahead. They're allowing it to continue, even though both of these guys this year have failed drug tests for banned substances. 
They're going to be fighting on December the 17th. All they've done is find uh, Stiverne $75,000. Okay, I say all. That's a lot of cash in the world of boxing. It's not footballer money at the end of the day. But they find him $75,000. But they're allowing this to go on. The winner will then become the mandatory challenger for the WBC heavyweight title uh, for Deontay Wilder at some point next year. That is a joke, mate. It's disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. And everything that's wrong with, with boxing, you know, at the end of the day, those guys should both be on the you know on a receiving end of a massive suspension. But listen, are we surprised? Of course, we're not surprised. We've had David Price in this studio with us talking about this very problem. You know, his only two defeats of his career were against proven drug cheats. Yeah. Yet both those defeats still remain on his record as defeats. Neither of those guys faced any kind of serious punishment. Can I just say as it's well, a joke, right? an absolute joke, and you know what I'm really disappointed with the WBC. Jose Sullivan's, you know, the Sullivan family who run the WBC and all that. Grow some backbone, man. What the hell are you doing? This is the thing that annoys me. We spoke about this on our UFC show very recently about John Jones, a guy that has um, been, well, he got caught with a, they, they call it a contaminated substance, right? Basically, dick pills. That's what he's, that's what he's been done with. And inside this Viagra, whatever he's taken, is the banned substance on um, Usada's list, right? So therefore, he's having to be banned until July of next year, which is a load of bollocks at the end of the day, as far as yep. I'm concerned. And this is the exact same thing that I'm uh, going to refer to now with Stavern and Pavekin. If you come up with an excuse saying, oh, I took this and it's uh, it had a bit of this in it and I didn't know, bullshit, I'm not interested. I don't care at the end of the day. You're a professional athlete. You are responsible responsible for everything that you take just because you've taken a viagra let's say and it had a little bit of this in i don't buy that because you didn't do that you took the drugs somebody in your team has said i tell you what there is a loophole you can take this as a performance enhancer if we get caught we'll just say that you took this because you'll get away with it and you'll get a little bit of a slap on the wrist that's what's happening in this sport they need to clamp down on it and not take any shit they need to go listen i don't care if you've taken if you're telling me that you've taken this You've taken something that's on our banned list. There's your suspension. There's your big FD fine. Jog on for two years. Come yeah. back when you're 40 now and you can't fight again for a world title. You know what I mean? I think it's a joke. Completely. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, and it's not like uh, the Olympics. You know, these guys aren't running 100 metres with no real harm to one another. These guys are punching people in the face. You know, and whether you believe that taking steroids is, you know, a performing answer or whatever, you know, it, it doesn't matter because psychologically which is the most important thing as far as I'm concerned. Psychologically, if, you, if you, you're if you taking something, yeah. psychologically you think, I'm like a machine now. I cannot be beaten by a, by a, someone who isn't taking something. And psychologically it gives you that edge. That's aside from the fact that it does improve muscle growth and everything else, which is why it's banned in the first place. The, the, the daft thing is, I'm just looking at this now, it, the, it was caught, Stavain was caught on the WBC's clean boxing programme and was fined $75,000, and they've said, oh, it was his first offence, so we'll just give him a fine, but he can fight Love him. that, love that. How can you call it a clean boxing programme when you're not fucking clean? Oh, look look what you've done. That's 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 another week. That's seven days added. Miss, uh, Mrs. Pete, just put a pound in the swear exactly. jar, mate. I'm just getting you a few spends for Christmas, darling. <laughs> WBC's clean boxing programme. What a joke. Worst title since Johnny Nelson called himself the entertainer. <laughs> I love how you you can tell you're angry when you go to Johnny Nelson. That's that's how angry he is. It is a joke, mate, and something needs to be done about it. And unless they do do something about it and make a real stance and make a show of somebody, then it's not going to change. People are going to carry on taking the piss. Exactly. And, uh, you know, these heavyweights as well, you know, 
we we've had a couple, you know we've had Pricey in the studio. We've been around heavyweight fighters. This guy, these guys are no joke. You know when these guys hit you, it's like being hit by a bus anyway. You know when they're pharmaceutically enhanced, it's it's shocking. And what's it going to take? You know, has someone got to die before they actually kind of clamp down? It's a real issue, and uh, boxing needs to take a long hard look at itself. Listen, we, you know, regular listeners know that we cover a lot of UFC, MMA as well. UFC are doing something about it. They've mm. brought USADA in and gone, right, we want to be the cleanest sport, the cleanest organisation, come in and, and ban guys, and that's what they're doing. And okay, there's a few little loopholes at the moment that people are jumping through and stuff like that. But ultimately, everyone's getting super tested, everyone, and they're being threatened with these big suspensions, and eventually they will come in. Boxing isn't doing that. You know, boxing is letting these guys get away with, you know, hopefully it never happens, but potentially murder. And it's not good enough. It's absolutely not good enough. Both these guys have got no business fighting in a world title, official world title eliminator for the WBC. Absolutely no business. And for me, all it does is it decredits, it takes away from what is the best belt in boxing, that golden green belt that mm. people cherish and fighters aspire towards. You, you, you've put a little black mark against it for me now with WBC by letting them get away with stuff like that. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now then. Unless you've been living under a rock, you may have um, missed this particular story, but this is huge for the landscape of British boxing and the way that we consume it in this country. Um, Box Nation, owned by Frank Warren and Queensberry Promotions, have done a deal with BT to air 20 fights from Box Nation uh, on their channel in 2017. This is absolutely sensational for BT subscribers. A lot of people get BT now, obviously, because they've got massive football deals on there. You can get it through your internet. It's cheap as chips because if you've got the internet, you, necess- you get it for free. You're now going to get more fights for free um, courtesy of this fantastic deal. And I, I'm, I can't get exci- excited enough about it because, as I said right at the start of the show, Eddie Earn has done and Matchroom have done fantastic things for British boxing with the way that they, um, in a way, saved it on our screens and kept it on Sky Sports. Well done them, but they've got a monopoly at this moment in time, and therefore, because they have that monopoly, they can attract the the best fighters, the best yep. talent to the platform because that's where fighters want to be to showcase their talents. They want to be on the TV because that's where the money's at, and Sky have got that deal with Matchroom at this moment in time. This now levels the playing field a little bit. Not not totally. I'm not saying that they're, they're going to take over Sky because they're not. Sky is still the main platform, but it it definitely throws a grenade in the room now. There's another option, Completely. a legitimate option for talent, for consumers, and for casual fans to get excited about some real talent. For example, there'll be so many guys that have listened to our podcast and heard us talk about Terry Flanagan, but you've never seen him fight because he's always fought on Box Nation. You've never seen him do his thing. Mm-hmm. So when we talk about lightweights and we talk about Crawler and we talk about Zlatan Cannon and we talk about these type of guys that you've seen on Sky and we talk about Flanagan, you might just think, oh, whatever. But Flanagan's the real deal. And now you're going to get an opportunity to see the likes of him, Billy Joe Saunders and all these guys that are signed to Frank Warren do their thing on a Saturday night on a good bill without having to pay an extra subscription fee than you've already got with your BT. It's there and it's, in your, it's going to be in your living room. And this, is a, this can only be a good thing for British boxing. Of course it can, you know. It's good to see, uh, you know. It's good to see Frank back up there in the mix. You know, don't forget Frank Warren was uh, was the main man in boxing for an awful long time. Um, you know, obviously since Eddie Eddie took over the matching business from from his father Barry, and you know he, he got that Sky Sports deal and locked everybody out, and you know forced Frank to start Box Nation and everything else. It's kind of been a 
it's kind of been a one-horse race, but uh, it's great to see Frank back in the mix. He's a guy with tons of experience, obviously. He's been he's got a history of putting on fantastic shows, and I just think it's brilliant that he's now got that big platform. That those sports network guys or the you know Queensberry, I think they're going by now. That's yeah. what they they need. That you know they need that platform. And the other good thing is you know. The guys who were there already, Liam Smith, Paul Butler, Terry Flanagan, Billy Joe, you know, the guys who were already with Warren, it's great that fans will get to see them now. But also, what about the guys that aren't necessarily signed to Matchroom or maybe not even at this moment in time signed with Frank Warren? Guys who are looking for... Because Warren needs more fighters now. That's what I'm taking away from this. He needs more fighters. He needs more good quality fighters. And the opportunities are going to be there. And what we've seen for a long time is... Guys build up a, a, a strong following working with Frank Warren, but then they realise there's a ceiling with Box Nation. There's Absolutely, a yeah. With Warren. Well, we've so seen they, that. They've we've had seen to that. jump ship over to over to Matchroom and Eddie Hearn. Well, we maybe we'll see people jumping back now. Well, look, look, look at all the th- stuff that happened with Ricky Burns. I mean, that is well documented. Yeah. That whole relationship Tony with Bellew, Frank Warren, most of the Smith family, yeah, you know, all those guys. And listen, I ain't blaming any of those guys. No, for not a at all. Because absolutely not. They needed to go where the big money fights were, where the where there was more opportunity, where there was more exposure, where there was more opportunity to make money through advertising. It's a business at the end of the day. It's nothing personal. But the great thing is now that Frank's got this deal with BT Sport, he can offer a similar platform, similar opportunities. And as I say, the opportunities for more fighters to make more money, it's got to be good for everybody. And just to throw into that mix, because this might have gone under the radar with that news happening this week, we had Barry McGuigan on recently. Obviously, the man behind Cyclone, the man behind uh, the likes of Carl Frampton. Yeah. Um, but he's also um, putting on his own shows now. He's done his, he's, he's done a deal with Channel 5. A lot of this is happening. I think this is a stroke of genius, you know, because I love a bit of Friday night boxing. I love it. I can't get enough of it. Friday night boxing, you finish your work for the week, you get home, you switch the TV on, and we're not talking about guys, Google fighters that you've never heard of. We're talking about top boys. George Groves is on Channel 5 this Friday night in a fight against uh, Eddie Goodneck, who has been in, I think he's been in on two different weight classes on three separate occasions at world level, fighting the likes of Bremer in Germany. He's come up short. He's not beca- he's not been a world champion. But what a test that is for George Groves. What a treat that is for us. Channel 5, free telly, Friday night, putting that on. Yeah. Oh, my days, absolute winning. It's great, yeah. It's, it's funny that... You know, uh, Channel Five is obviously owned by Viacom, which owns Spike TV. And in over in the US, Spike Spike's TV massive. is massive. That's where the UFC started. They've mm. now got Bellator. They have a ton of they have Friday night fights. So every single Friday night in the US on Spike, there's live fights, whether it be MMA, kickboxing, or boxing. Mm. It, it's every single Friday night on Spike live fights. Last week, I, last I always week wondered it was... why Channel Five never did the same thing over here, why mm. they don't do it. It's great that they're dipping the toe in again. I just wish they would commit to something a little bit more. No, absolutely. And last week um, on Spike, this, see how we're interweaving all this show together? Because last week on Spike, over in the States, it was Garcia against Vargas. Yeah. See how we've done that? Because I wanted Brilliant. to talk about that fight as well. Danny, Seamless. Danny, Seamless. Danny Garcia, obviously, um, a lot of people are calling him the best in the welterweight division. Um, for me, I'm not at that stage with him yet. I think he's still untested. I think we need to see a little bit more from him. And maybe that is because we haven't seen him on UK television. He's, he's stayed over in the States uh, since winning his belt. Of course, we've saw him against Amir Khan and do what yeah. he did against Amir Khan. A lot of talk about him uh, taking on the likes of Kel Brook. At the weekend, he took on Sam Vargas. He did a number on Sam Vargas. He did look really, really good, fair play to him. And at the end of that fight, obviously, we now know in March, he's going to be fighting Keith Thurman which I'm dead excited about. Thurman gets in the ring. They have a little bit of a shout-off. Excellent stuff. Um, 
But that whole little pocket of fighters now, you like see your Garcias, your Thurmans, we mentioned Khan, you mentioned your Brooks. These guys now, they can't be fighting Google fighters no more. They've got to fight each other now because we've got to get to a stage where the best are fighting the best in that division. There's a lot of talent and they've got to they've got to put it on the line at 147. Yeah, they have. And it's great that Thurman's fighting Garcia. I'm a massive fan of, of Garcia. I'm a massive fan of Keith Thurman, to be honest. And, you know, it's our it's our favourite thing. It's someone's always got to go with that fight. So I'm really looking forward to it. But you're right, you know, the likes of Sean Porter, Kel Brook, Timothy Bradley, you know, uh, Matt Pacquiao, of course, as well. They're all in the mix. There's a lot of big fights out there. Obviously, Pacquiao's the golden goose. But, um, but yeah, this is... But again, it brings us back to one of our favourite rants every week is Kel Brook, isn't it? Kel's got to go to the US and throw us that in the mix. Well, they're not going to come here. Well, none of those, those guys, guys that we just mentioned, none of those guys here. are going to come here. No, exactly. So Kel's going to have to go over to the US. He's going to have to fight over there. He's going to have to give away home advantage because it's the only way he's going to get in the mix. Hmm. Ideally, Kel Brook needs an opponent now that is going to set him up to fight the winner of Thurman versus Garcia in a unification match. That's the only way he's going to climb on top because you know what that unlocks? Eventually, potentially that unlocks a Manny Pacquiao fight. Absolutely. Um, in other news this week, I'm just going to throw a couple of things at you, Nick, just to see uh, what you think of this. Have you seen that uh, the man that has had his uh, nose fixed, Carl Frotch, who's looking like a model these days, uh, yeah. very similar to his model-esque um, lady? Scouser. I knew you'd bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> but he's been... I know she is, but she. But he's been making quite a lot of noise about um, Triple G, saying that uh, he's too small, he would not beat Carl Froch, um, which has kind of opened the floodgates for every journalist and every blogger under the sun to say, Froch is making noises about coming back, are they going to be setting up a super fight with Triple G? What do you reckon, mate? Do you want to see it, or is it just a case of dotting an I, crossing a T, trying to make a few quid because I don't think it is competitive. At the end of the day, Frotch is retired for a reason. Leave it, mate. Leave your legacy. Yeah. Don't come back and, and, and destroy it. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it'll be three years. You know, come the new year, it'll be three years since we've And we've what weight Carl could he come back at? He could come back at Same age as me, pain. Carl, as well. You know, we're not spring chickens anymore. He's he's, he's almost, he's, he's hurtling towards that big four and oh. So uh, I just don't know what it would prove. You know, I'd... Then again, I don't know how much money he's got left in the bank. I think he did pretty well for himself. He's done well, man. To be honest with you, yeah, he's, he's one of the best well. middleweights on the planet. So, you know, apart from that, <clears throat> the loss to Andre Ward and and uh, you know the the Kessler loss as well. You know, he had an impeccable record. I just don't know why he would come back to fight Triple G. Ego, it's got to be a it's financial ego. thing. But to be honest, I'd like to see the context of that interview as well. You know, I know it was with uh, with Kevin Mitchell at the Guardian and stuff, and he's a, he's a solid boxing journalist. But I'd like to see how we got to that conversation in terms of would you come back or was he just talking about how we would match up against him because Carl Frotch against Triple G to you know in 2017 you know it isn't the fight what it could have been if Carl was 5 years younger obviously I, I can't see that one happening to be honest finally other uh, noises for 2017 Canelo Cotto is being sounded out do you want to see it again yeah definitely i do want to see it again yeah i think that's a great fight i think it's a big ticket seller fight Perfect for the Mexican holidays. I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that one happened for sure. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Now then, just a little bit of a reminder before we clear off. There are a pair of tickets on our website for you to win uh, to go to Cardiff a week on Saturday, November the 26th at the Motor Point Arena. Um, the lovely people at Frank Warren have been kind enough to donate a pair of tickets for you to win via our website. Go to fightdisciples.com. It's dead simple. We're not going to spam you. Put your name in, put your email address in. Live on next week's show, we will pick out one of these email addresses 
and we'll try our very best to ring you during the show and uh, and tell you that you're off to Cardiff and all that type of stuff, uh, which I think is always a good thing. Make sure you keep an eye on our social media throughout the course of the week as well. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, at Fight Disciples. Dead simple. And if you do subscribe uh, to the podcast, thank you very much. If you don't subscribe, is it, if this is like you've stumbled across it and this is a one-off, go to iTunes, check out Fight Disciples, and press the subscribe button. I say that because you get the content that we produce on a weekly basis before anybody else. There's about a six-hour delay before anybody else can get it. So if you subscribe, you get it before anybody else. And this Friday, of course, we've got a very special show lined up because it's the one that we've all been waiting for. It's the one that uh, is the cherry on top of the cake at the end of the year. It is, of course, the crusher against the Son of God. Sounds like something that my son watches on Nickelodeon. It does, yeah. It's Kovalev versus Ward. It's pound for pound. It is Las Vegas. It's Andre Ward's Las Vegas debut, you know. Unbelievable, isn't it? Isn't it? Crazy how he's had 30 fights. And never and been the there. records he's won. The ability that he's got and he's never fought in Vegas. It is ridiculous. Well, we're doing a special show this Friday. We are going to be calling the fight. We're going to give you some predictions. And if you were listening to our UFC show last week, you'll know that we're pretty good at them predictions because we would have made you a few quid if you'd have followed us in. That's for another day. So make sure you come and join us on Friday by hitting the subscribe button to our podcast. Go to fightdisciples.com. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.